I'm Malcolm Keating, and you're listening to Sutras and Stuff. 13 of the last 16 years have been the warmest years on record. And that's not a coincidence. The amount of carbon dioxide in the air in 1750 was 250 parts per million. Now it's over 400 parts per million, and the world's getting warmer. That's Bill Nye, the science guy, and he's doing what Nyaya philosophers call inference, to argue for the cause of devastating climate change. He's on a mission to convince people, ordinary people and politicians, that rapid climate change is caused by human beings, and that without our intervention, it will continue, and it will threaten human life on Earth. In this episode, let's see how Nyaya philosophy might be able to help him in his mission to save the planet. If Bill Nye is right, and the vast majority of scientists would say that he is, then his inferences about climate change are a way of helping you and me come to know something that's true. Bill Nye is concerned with two claims. First, the dramatic rise in temperatures we're seeing on Earth is the result of human activity, factories spewing carbon monoxide, for instance. This is a claim about the past and its effects on the present. Second, he's concerned that continued human activity will cause further temperature rise unless we intervene drastically. This is a claim about the present and its effects on the future. The early Nyaya philosopher Vatsyayana argues that inference is crucial for these kinds of claims. He gives some meteorological examples, which Bill Nye might appreciate. Suppose we take a walk in the woods. We come across a stream which is usually a trickle. Today, it's rushing with water, full of branches and debris, and it's overflowing its boundaries. What could have caused that? Well, we might infer that it rained yesterday, causing the stream to overflow. From something that we see today, we can infer a past cause. And now, we look up into the sky, through the trees, we see dark cumulonimbus clouds gathering. So, you and I, if we're outside, we'd probably look at each other and, seeing those clouds, without even having to say anything, we'd head back indoors. And that's because from observing these clouds, we can infer that it will rain in the future. For both of these inferences, you've had experiences of connections between rain and overflowing streams, as well as connections between certain kinds of clouds and rain. That lets you and me rapidly make the connection between what we can see to what we can't, in the past or the future. Now, when it comes to climate change, the evidence is more complicated, and so are our inferences. However, the basic structure is the same. Here's Matt Dasty, professor of philosophy at Bridgewater University. Inference, in its most basic structural um, form, and its most its most basic structural features, involve three things. They involve an indicator. They involve something that is indicated by it, and it involves a relationship between the two. So, in our examples, the overflowing stream is an indicator. It indicates rain in the past. The stream can indicate rain because there is a causal relationship. Rain causes streams to overflow. What would the indicator be in the case of climate change? Well, first there's the observation that temperatures have changed dramatically over the last two to three hundred years since the time of the Industrial Revolution. We can observe our current temperatures and compare them to the ones we've been recording during human history. It's kind of like feeling a room suddenly get hotter. From this observation of dramatic change, we infer that there is a cause, which is human activity. 
human production of gases like carbon monoxide is then the target, the thing that is indicated. Okay, then what's the connection? Well, we can observe in various situations an increase in carbon monoxide makes temperatures rise. Scientists can observe this directly in closed laboratories. They can also observe this by tracking weather patterns and the volume of carbon monoxide in the atmosphere. According to NASA, our average surface temperature has increased about 1.62 degrees Fahrenheit, that's almost one degree Celsius, since the late 19th century. And the sharpest increase in this temperature has happened in the last 35 years. Now, while Bill Nye has thought a lot about these things for a long time as a science communicator, his job is to convince other people that patterns scientists have observed in the past are a guide to what is happening now and what will happen in the future. Nyaya philosophers like Vatsyayana think that inference should take a particular structure when we're talking to and trying to convince other people. This is so that our conversation partner can make the connection themselves and genuinely come to know that climate change is due to human activity. We want to convince them and have them reason with us. We don't want them to just trust our word for it. We want them to have things kind of click into place. This is what Bill Nye wants when he's talking with people about climate change. So let's look at this structure. It's a structure of what Nyaya calls inference for another. The first component of this inference is a thesis. That's what you want your conversation partner to believe. Here our thesis is, recent temperature increases on Earth are caused by human increases in carbon monoxide. Now notice we're talking about a specific time and place. We're talking about the Earth and the recent past. This is important because it's this specific context where our claim applies. We're not talking about temperatures on Mars or temperature increases during when the dinosaurs lived. Second, in inference for another, we give a reason that supports our thesis. The reason has to also be about the same context. So it can't be about Mars or about the distant past. Here, the reason we're giving to show that the claim is true is because we see a dramatic rise in temperature on Earth in recent times. And this is something that we've recorded with some direct meteorological observations. Now comes the part of our inference that helps our conversation partner put everything together. We give an illustration. It's an illustration of a general rule. This rule connects the dramatic rise in temperature with the human production of carbon monoxide. So our rule is something like, whenever there is human increase in carbon monoxide, then there is a dramatic rise in temperature. To help our interlocutor understand this, we give an illustration. However, in this particular case, there's a challenge. Usually what we want is to give a positive and a negative example. For instance, when I'm inferring that the rising current is caused by rain, I can tell you about all the times I've watched rain fall into basins and cause them to overflow, or negatively, times when it's been dry and the water levels hasn't risen. But the situation for climate change is different. Part of the emergency in climate change is that there has never before been such a dramatic change in temperature. So that means we have only negative examples. Scientists can point to lots of times when temperatures have increased over long periods of time due to natural processes, or sharply and for a very brief time. But there is no other 
dramatic change in the distant past, which has gone on for so long, which we can connect with human beings. And in fact, that makes sense since, well, as human beings, we haven't been around that long, and the Industrial Revolution was only a few hundred years ago. And of course, without assuming what I'm trying to prove, I can't use the current day as a support for my rule. I need to show you an independent piece of evidence. So our inference needs to be a special kind where we can only give negative examples. Basically, we're saying, look, the only possible reason that such dramatic changes in temperature exist is because of humans causing huge carbon monoxide emissions. All other changes in temperature are not dramatic and they aren't the results of human activity. Okay, after this third step of the rule being illustrated, we put all the pieces together. We say that this particular situation we're observing is not like those negative examples. The negative examples being the cases where changes in temperature aren't dramatic and they're not the results of human activity. And so since this situation that we're observing isn't like those examples, it's covered by this general rule. Therefore, we can conclude that recent temperature changes on Earth are caused by human increases in carbon monoxide. And we restate our conclusion at the end, once we've shown it to be true, to help our conversation partner make the connection. But here's a question. What if I'm talking with a climate change denialist, someone who disagrees with me, who thinks that climate is not changing because of human activities? Well, Nyaya philosophers are concerned with this kind of situation too. Here's Stephen Phillips, professor of philosophy at UT Austin. There, there's a really interesting uh, defeater uh, or fallacy called Satpratipaksha, counter-inference, which shows that we are thinking about a social dimension of knowledge. So that if I infer on the basis of everything H is and S, and this thing right in front of me is an H, therefore it's an S, and then someone else says, yes, but everything that is a G is not an S, and this thing right here in front of us that you're talking about is a G, then I no longer know. Even if it's true, even if there's nothing wrong with my inference, then I no longer know the counter-inference coming from the opponent. I have to be able to refute that in order to have my bit of knowledge restored to its proper knowledge status. The implication of what Professor Phillips has said for climate change arguments is that we need to be able to respond to deniers if we're going to continue to be confident in our knowledge. Now, that may not mean we have to engage in every debate that we see. We'll talk about debate later in the season. But it does mean that we should be able to give a reasoned reply. If we can't, then Yaya philosophers would suggest you need to reflect more on your beliefs so that you can come back and give a reply. To reply to a climate change denier, we need to know something about how they might criticize our inference and challenge it and say it's not a real one, it's something that's gone wrong. Here's Professor Matt Dasty again, talking about how we might mistakenly infer there's a fire on a stage because we've seen smoke. So of course, we're not actually inferring, we're making a mistake. So one way we make, one way inferences go wrong is when we think something's qualified by a feature that it's actually not qualified by. 
um, we mistakenly attribute something that would normally be a good sign, but we attribute it somewhere where it doesn't actually fit very well. And so you may be unfortunate enough to be a Kiss fan and at a Kiss concert, there's like a dry ice machine right. or something. Right. It's not a fire. Not a fire. No. Um, correct. It's just really cool. <laughs> cool <laughs> stuff going on on the stage. There, yeah. No you know? offense to Kiss fans. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, right. And so um, Nyaya recognizes that sometimes from the first person perspective, um, we can't always perfectly individuate these things. Um, it may be after the fact that we discover it, but we can't, but we, sh but they say, especially when it's important matters, we should really do our best right. to, um, uh, within our capacities, distinguish between these things. In the case of climate change, someone might argue that we're mistaken in saying that temperatures have risen. Because we keep hearing that 2014 has been the warmest year on record. I asked the chair, you know what this is? It's a snowball, and that's just from outside here. So it's very, very cold out, very unseasonal. So here, Mr. President, catch this. In 2014, Jim Inhofe, the U.S. Senator from Oklahoma, argued that an unprecedentedly cold winter showed that climate change theories were false. Now, he may not have realized it, but he was arguing for a kind of fallacy that Nyaya philosophers identified and which Matt described. In other words, Senator Inhofe thought that the indicator, that drastic change in temperature, wasn't really there. And if he were right, it would make the inference a bad one, because we don't actually have the indicator which connects to the thing that's indicated, to our target. Unfortunately for humanity, though, a single cold winter doesn't show that there's not dramatic temperature increases. And that's because the indicator, the measuring of climate temperature, is not happening in terms of a single day or even a month in Oklahoma. But remember, it's focusing on the entire Earth, and it's focusing over a longer period of time than a single winter. So, how do we reply to a denier like Inhofe and explain these freak snowstorms in terms of climate change? Well, here's Bill Nye answering the same question from U.S. cable news commentator Rachel Maddow. This would be consistent with such a thing, as is uh, no snow near the city of Vancouver on Mount Cypress there, as is the big mudslides we had here in Southern California the day before yesterday and a little bit last night. The, there's more energy in the atmosphere, and this is stirring things up. So the next time that you hear someone arguing for a position, think about the parts of inference according to Nyaya and see whether you can identify an indicator and its target. Consider whether your conversation partner has shown that there is a relationship between the indicator and its target. Next time, we'll focus more on who we're having these conversations with and when we can trust them.